welcome to the Finger Guns Podcast. My name is Ross. How are you doing today? Joining me this week is Miles Thompson. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. How's it going, pal? Very good, thank you, my friend. You'll be very pleased to know, Roscoe. I have uh, acquired Solid Snake for Fortnite. Very well done. It was nice and easy, wasn't it? It was very easy, to be fair. I think I did it in like a match and a half. <laughs> but it was a very good Well play. done. It's brought Are me back into the fold. Both pages? You're going to oh, get Old Snake as well? Of course. I'm already three out of five challengers towards Aldi. Damn. And I will be buying Raiden as soon as he's in the store because I can't help myself and Epic can know how to get me in. Am I right in thinking that Raiden's on a pass? I don't actually know, to be fair. But it doesn't matter to me because I will be getting him regardless of which option it is. <laughs> I just I can't think, help myself. I think, I think they, uh, I think they read our Slack when we were talking about what kind of emotes and things uh, Snake should have. Honestly, because, we nailed uh, it. We did nail it pretty much, didn't we? Absolutely smashed it. We should have been uh, the advisors for the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. But here we are. Penniless. Cheers, Epic. Unbelievable. And just spending our money on it instead. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm all right. I've got myself a, a nice, uh, nice big cappuccino, and Ooh, I'm very uh, nice. ready for uh, ready for this some intense gaming chat. We're going back to normal this week. I know a regular podcast back once again. I've got an exciting new uh, quiz format to go with as well, just to bring in the new year in style. So exciting. I know, I know, it's so cool. Exciting times. All right, and rounding out the pod this week is Mr. George Thompson. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello, Ross. Hello, pal. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Really good. How has your week been? Uh, yeah, it's been all right, you know. Um, Just keeping the, uh, the old wheels turning with reviews and... Uh, playing as much other games as I can as possible. I've also now got Solid Snake. Um, so chuffed yeah. to bits with that. I'm on the exact same page as Miles. Raiden will be mine. Uh, they're <laughs> using they're using the correct franchise, part of the front yeah, the correct sequel of the franchise with MGFs 2, because that is the best one objectively. No no questions asked. I'm not buying um, I'm not having it. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, yeah, it's good. Good stuff. What did you uh, make of the Oscar nominations today? Um, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, for special effects, that's awesome. Um, it, uh, it really felt like a film that could probably have not seen any, and people wouldn't have been too bothered because it's you know it's from Japan. It's not as big and wide release as the others, and arguably not as artistic in quotations um but yeah i think some really deserved noms overall a couple of questionable ones people pushing maestro like it's i mean bradley cooper in particular is pushing maestro as if it's the best thing since fly spread but it's uh just okay uh so mm. yeah what about you what do you make of the oscar noms um i was i was satisfied overall i think um i saw poor things this week um oh yeah so i was i was happy to see that um get recognized that thing was a trip and a half um Tell i think me it's emma, it. stone's best, emma stone's best performance by country mile and also maybe ruffalo's as well 
Yeah, I um, completely and wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, yeah, I wasn't ready for half of it. Um, you've got to be ready for this movie because it it throws you for a loop when you don't <laughs> expect it to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's great to see that be nommed. Um, surprised to see Greta Gerwig not get a Best Director. Um, that was quite surprising. Um, it's hilarious to me that Ryan Gosling's got an Oscar nomination and Margot Robbie hasn't for Barbie, uh, considering <laughs> the point of that movie. Uh, I, but I, I think hilarious. I think to do with that, I think you've just got to look at the rest of the nominations from a category of Best Actress and just realise that, yeah, bloody hell, like women in films this mm. year was insane. Um, and I think it's just it was just a hard category to get a nomination for. Um, there's, I think, someone threw out the question of like, um, who would you replace instead of her in the, on that list? And it's almost like, oh, no one. But mm. you know, you don't want to say that. But at the same time, like, it's just that that's probably the most competitive. You know, Lily Gladstone. Um, the lady from anatomy oh, of, of a fool. Um, it's just like, it's back to back. Like it's, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, good overall. I think um, I still haven't seen Oppenheimer. It's on my list. I will get around to it before the Oscars. Um, I like seeing like at least half of the best picture nominations. So I know sort of who I'm rooting for. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll do see that. I haven't seen Killers of the Flower Moon because I just haven't had, the time in my life to sit down and watch that film. Uh, but I will. It's on Apple now, so I will get around to it soon. So yeah, happy. Happy overall, I think. I think um, it will be hilarious watching Ryan Gosling sing I'm Just Ken at the Oscars. I'm looking forward to that. That is going to be something. Yeah. That's the one thing that I thought Billie Eilish's song is just way better and way artistic of a song that's like, I think it it lost it to I'm just Ken at the critics. I was a bit like, well, mm. I think Billie Eilish song is, is a banger. That's going to be one that people listen to for decades and out yeah. of context of Barbie, but you know, whatever. Yeah. What was I made for was, was song of the year last year for me. It was just, a yeah, stunning, for sure. A stunning piece of work. Uh, so I'm sure it'll take the Oscar, but uh, who knows? We shall see. Um, all right, let's get into game of the week. Let's go from the top. Miles Thompson, your game of the week. Oh, you're gonna like this one, Roscoe. It's not even a nerd one. Oh my god, ready? are you ready? I'm ready. I'm In fact, should, ready. We, should we play guess the game? Do you reckon you can guess it? I'll give you a couple hints. How about that? Is it have you started Robocop? I have, <laughs> yay, and I fucking love it. <laughs> it's so isn't good. it great. It's so good. It's the moment you load up, you walk into the room and the game's like, cool, shoot people. And I shot a dude's head and it fucking exploded. And I was like, oh, this game was made for me. Like, this is my game. <laughs> have you so uh, picked someone up by the scruff of the neck and thrown him out a window? I have. And again, super satisfying. I also picked up a guitar and threw it at someone's dick and it gave me a trophy for it. And that just gave me endless amounts of amusement. Um, it's just so stupidly fun. You walk around with a pistol and just melt people. And I just love the way he clomps through buildings. Like you don't like walk like a normal character. You clomp your bay about and you just tank everything. And 
I love it. Tayon are just sick. They make the best double A games ever. Yeah, and it's so authentic too as well, because you really feel like rubber cop as well, because you're not moving overly fast. You're just moving with such patience yeah. and walking through each room just like, yep, you're dead, you're dead. None of you are going to survive this. I'm freaking <laughs> Robocop. What are you going to do about it? You literally and feel like... It's, yeah. It's just glorious. It's so good. You feel like, you know, when you come up against a boss in like a regular game, you're like, oh shit, it's a boss. I've got to like get my shit together and beat it. You just feel like you are the boss to every other character in the game. And I'm like, I love this. I love stomping into a room with a machine gun and just going to town. Um, and I've actually been like quite impressed with like the world building and stuff. I think some of the dialogue's a bit cringe, but that's kind of what I expected. But like the actual world is really convincing and quite well realized. And I quite like the fact that you get like these semi-open areas where you can then go and do like little side quests or um, do chunks of like story that kind of um, expand on the world and stuff. Um, I wasn't like the biggest Robocop fan originally. I just, I think I wasn't born around the right time for it, but it's just, I really enjoy the world building of it. And I think it's a genuinely very good game. It's not like the best you'll play in terms of mechanics or graphics or whatever, but I think everything that they've done here, they've done it to the best of their ability. Um, and like I said, when you just explode somebody's head to a million pieces with a pistol, there's like, what else do you need in life? You know? Um, so I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I think I'm about a third of the way through, maybe, maybe half. Um, and all I want to do is just jump in and shoot more people's heads off. So, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. Perfect time to jump in too, because new game plus just got added. Yes, and a whole bunch of updates just got added. So, uh, yeah, you're gonna be playing that one for a while, and he thinks. Yeah, big fan, and uh, your review was spot on. I have to say, it was the reason that I bought the game, and I'm very glad that I. Uh, Reddit? Reddit, there we go. Oh. oh yeah. Okay, I sold a copy, guys. That means I need free ones now. Thank you, very much. <laughs> you need all the free ones of Robocop ever. Yeah, thank you very much, dude. Um, yeah, if you're if you're out there listening to this, please go play Robocop Rogue City. It's such a fun game. It's so good. And uh you will have a great time. Um it's was it 40, 30 quid in the sale right now? I think right? I got it in the sale for 25 30 i want to say um oh, so yeah good. i got it on a pretty good pretty good deal and um there's more game in here than i expected because i think the terminator game um resistance um i think that was only like a handful of hours long at most and i think i'm probably already near enough the same playtime as i was in that entire game um and i know that i'm nowhere near the end yet so yeah definitely back for your buck for sure for sure uh josh what be your game of the week my game of the week uh, was a game from a couple of weeks ago that I absolutely demolished in one sitting, pretty much. Um, bar going to see poor things and then coming straight back and, and playing it. Um, is Immortality for PS5. Um, it's a game that came out uh, in 2022 for PC and Xbox. You could play it on Game Pass. Um, you can also play it on Netflix if you've got a Netflix subscription as well. So there's a plethora of ways you can play it. But now, after, I don't know if the release is today, but the embargoes dropped today for PS5's version. Um, and I think doing a little bit of digging <clears throat> and research into the other versions of Immortality and the way people play it, 
um, PS5 is definitely the place to play this. Uh, I was talking about it in my review, but like the use of the dual sense when you're playing this game is kind of like one of the best examples I've I've seen on a PlayStation. But anyway, the game itself is essentially uh, you crate digging through archival footage um, of three movies that have been made throughout three different decades that all centre around uh, this actress Marissa Marcel. Um, played by Manning Gage, and you're essentially answering the question, what happened to her? Because after the third film that was filmed, uh, she disappears, like no public uh, knowledge of where she's gone, no more footage seen of her, uh, and you're you're trying trying to piece together um, what's happened during all three of these films in the end as to whereabouts she is now. Um, and so essentially you get like a film grid on your screen of a select few clips. They start you they start you with a select few clips to to pick from. Uh, and you click on the click on the film or you click on the clip, should I say, and then it runs you through the tutorial to like fast forward the footage, look back, um, scrape it frame by frame. But there's also an option to pause it to an image mode. And when you do that, you can find um, objects of personal interests um, to click on, and it will match cut to another scene that you might not have, um, uh, which then develops the story even further. It's all footage out of context, but when you finally piece it all together, there is a a narrative through line throughout. Um, And... I feel like it sounds really interesting. So I don't actually have to sell you on kind of the kicker of the game. Uh, but, you know, it's a video game. So it's not just black and white. Here's some films. What's happened then, dear player? There is a lot more than it than what's it showing at the surface. And I think some people uh, back when they reviewed it a couple of years ago were kind of like, if you don't notice the the change in the narrative or the sort of like what you're actually looking for, you might not enjoy this at all. Um, I myself probably played like two hours of it and I was just, um, I was just like engaged in just watching this footage and seeing these people kind of read the scripts for the film to then actually filming that part of the the script and and just the interactions between the characters and I was just completely and utterly like just living in this world believing that these people are 100% real because the acting is phenomenal and the 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 design of it in general of just like all the sets and all the costumes all the period accurate stuff um I was just like completely engaged and then a moment happened and my skin was crawling and I was equally as horrified as I was like more invested than I'd ever been playing it. And um, I was chasing that high throughout the game. And there is so many moments like that where I just, I didn't know what I was uncovering and I was just absolutely blown away by it. Um, As you can tell, this is probably one of the most excited I've sound is playing the game. And for good reason, I gave it a 10, uh, spoiler, <laughs> um, because I just genuinely think this is like, um, 
a, a game that's going to be a generation defining uh, in terms of FM. Oh yeah, it's an FMV game. Um, if you couldn't tell by me saying that you go through archival footage, so you know full motion video. It's real actors. It's real scenes. It's like a movie. Um, and yeah, I just Sam Barlow and the team at Half Mermaid. Uh, they've previously. I mean, Sam Barlow's worked on her story and then Half Mermaid and Sam Barlow did um, Telling Lies. And now this is like the third, the second one be- between the collab of the of his studio. Um, and this is, God, I don't know where they can go from here. I think they've announced a couple of, they teased a couple of announcements for a few different games. Um, and I must say, I'm, I cannot wait to check out what's next for them because this was an experience of experiences uh, for video games. Wow. Yeah. I mean, your review was um, extremely glowing for this. And um, I think you're sort of joining a chorus for this game that like, yeah, this is something you have to check out regardless of Mm -hmm. the medium that it's in or anything. It's just a brilliantly told story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Once we want to be checking out, you can also play it on Netflix as well, which is weird. If you um, if you have a Netflix on your phone, you can download Immortality for free off your app store. Um, so yeah, but that ideally, wild on the console, I believe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the same with the GTA games as well. Netflix are just becoming a bit of a game store now as well on mobile. Uh, that's where I became aware of uh, Immortality was through Netflix, bizarrely. Hmm. But yeah, playing on the PlayStation and having the controls almost feel like a bit of hardware where I'm clicking and clacking through these clips um, and uh, really subtly guiding me into a right direction to get a bit further into the game was just ingenious. Absolutely loved it. Nice. Nice. Well, that's uh, Immortality, which is, is it available now on PS5 or is it? Coming soon. Um, it is. It like I said, the review embargo dropped today. Uh, whether or not it's on PA, PlayStation is yet to be seen. I definitely know it will be this week. Um, but it is out everywhere else. Um, Game Pass, yeah. Netflix, like you said, PC on Steam. Um, so yeah, well worth checking out. All right, all right, nice one, nice one. Uh, what's my game of the week? I mean, I've been playing a few things this week. I've been jumping in and out of. Uh, I played the Street Fighter Two collection. Um, I played Street Fighter, the original Street Fighter, for the very first time this week. Uh, it's bad, it's bad, it's really bad. Um, the evolution of, from that to Street Fighter Two was unbelievable. Um, and yeah, I couldn't quite believe what I was seeing. To be honest, in the first Street Fighter. Um, so yeah, don't go play that. Play Street Fighter Two instead if you're going to start from the very beginning. Um, I've been playing uh, Tearing Through Fortnite. Obviously, we're all um, very excited. I assume that the next time we're all going to play together, we're all going to be Snake. You're damn right. (laughs) (laughs) If we're not riding as well, we will be Snake. Someone's going to be old Snake, one young Snake, one riding, and one the other riding. There you go. Sorted. Yeah. Deal. Sounds good. Squad. (laughs) All moving around in cardboard boxes. It's going to be fantastic. Um, I've been playing Power World, but I'll get into that in a little bit because we've got a big old topic about that. Uh, so yeah, I've just sort of been mooching in and out of certain things. Power World is certainly an experience that's uh, going to be 
worth checking out. I was very fortunate yesterday to be part of a Stumble Guys press event on Xbox. It just launched on Xbox today, um, Tuesday, the day that we're recording this. Uh, apologies, the pod is a day late as well, by the way. That was all my fault. Uh, but, you know, here we are now. Um, I want to thank the PR for Stumble Guys for throwing me a Stumble Guys Xbox controller, which was very nice, very unexpected. Um, it was uh, it was very nice thing to get through the post. And yeah, Stumble Guys is, you know, it's full guys, but it has a massive audience. Um, I was talking to the press guys, but like, yeah, we've just cleared like 2 million players on PC and Steam. And they're like, well, bloody hell, this thing's really got an audience. So, you know. Who am I to judge? But it's a, um, it's it's full guys. I don't know what else to say. It's full guys with Nerf guns. It's full guys with Hot Wheels. Um, there's racing in it. There's shooting in it. It's a nice. It's a nice mixture. It's exactly the same. Exactly the same, but not the same. If you understand what I'm saying, they've they're doing their best, I think, to differentiate themselves. Um, and it's kind of working, but it's kind of not at the same time. Uh, but my review for that will be up this week, uh, so that's been my kind of primary focus. So yeah, um, a lot of a lot of casual stuff this week. I haven't been sort of jumping into anything too deep, um, except of course uh, the Last of Us Part Two remastered, uh, which came out this week or last week. Um, I got the ten pound upgrade to uh, get it all shiny on PS Five. Um, I'm very impressed. It's I right now. On my 4K 120 hertz VRR television that I have, this thing of beauty, I cannot see a difference yet. <laughs> In terms of visuals, um, it goes to show how much power they got out of the PS4. I think for the original, but um, yeah, this is a this is an upgrade which visually probably didn't need to be done, but what it does do and what it has kind of excelled in is no return. The roguelike mode is so much fun. Um, I'm very bad at it, as you can imagine, but uh, I'm having a good laugh uh, doing sort of countdown missions and uh, tearing it around as as Ellie sort of under the clock. And, you know, the best thing, any of the best moments of The Last of Us are always when you're under pressure. And so, uh, yeah, this is constant fear the, the entire time and it can get really intense. Uh, so, yeah, no return, I think, is probably worth the upgrade. Uh, it is a awful lot of fun. There's a lot of different ways you can play it as well. Uh, the guitar free play, I'm having a lot of fun, as you can imagine. Um, if you remember in The Last of Us Part 2, you can play the acoustic guitar in certain areas. Here, they've upgraded it. Uh, you can play acoustic guitar, you can play a banjo, you can play electric guitar. There's different effects pedals and stuff. You can play as Ellie or Joel, or you can play as the game's composer, uh, Gustavo Santiolala, um, which is pretty cool. Um, it's a nice little addition uh, for Easter egg hunters. So, yeah, um, I think it's worth a £10 upgrade. Whether or not it's worth 50 quid, I don't know. But um, if you can upgrade it, if you have the original on PS4, and you can upgrade it just to check out these new modes, um, I think it's worth it. It's fun to it's fun to be playing through the game again. Um, now I've got my save. I can go through New Game Plus in the new in the new visuals uh, with some game, with some little additions on top. So that's fun. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's definitely worth the money if you've already got the game. Um, if you haven't, obviously, if you haven't got The Last of Us Part Two, you should be playing it anyway because it's an absolute masterpiece. Um, and this is the perfect way to play it because it's you know, the best visually, the best in terms of extras. Um, so yeah, this is probably the best way to do it. But yeah, I think I've understood what I've said. Yeah, just uh, it's great. 
it's great, but uh, yeah, don't expect a huge visual jump because you know there isn't one. Uh, don't expect an awful lot from that in terms of that particular area. Uh, but everything else is absolutely solid and um, well worth checking out. It's particularly the uh, the Grounded Two documentary. It's um, man, it's amazingly got this game out considering um, everything that was kind of like piled against them. Uh, yeah, Grounded Two is well worth a watch as well. Okay. Right then, for the first time in 2024, it is time for the quiz. Miles Thompson, ooh, welcome back ooh, as ooh. our quiz master. Oh, feeling, it's man? good to be good? back. Feeling good? I, I am, I am. I'm feeling good. It's, uh, it was nice to have a little bit of a break, but I think I'm re-energized and ready with some new quiz types. So taking a bit of a leaf out of Kat's book when she went through uh, the phase of trying out different formats. And so I'm going to try doing the same just to mix things up, you know? Um, so we're going to do a different type of quiz this week. And dear Roscoe, if you could please provide me with the ability to screen share, I need your permission, apparently. Um, we're going to be doing what's called a screenshot quiz. So I hope this feels exciting. <laughs> I believe you I can't may need to. Um, it's going to be great for an audio-based uh, medium, isn't it? This, this <laughs> yes, uh, this but podcast. I did consider this, and we can put the screenshots into the post itself, so audiences listening can actually pause it at this stage, pull up the post, and all of the screenshots will be at the bottom, so they can guess at what they think is the answer, and then they can play along as you guys do. Oh, cool. Oh. Just some extra work for me to do tonight. Nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the screenshots. <laughs> It'll be fine. I'll put it in the post. I'll do it. <laughs> Thanks, bud. It's all good, man. I got you. I got you. I planned for all of this. Don't worry. Just want to confirm I didn't know about this until right now. <laughs> I had to keep it exciting and keep it, you know, fair. Um, yeah. So... So, Roscoe, I think you'll just need to give me permission or make me host or something. I don't know how it works. Uh, all participants can share. All participants can do that. All participants there. Okay, that should be right now. Lovely. Thank you very much. So I'm going to pop this up. So yes, dear listeners, if you are listening at the stage and you would like to play along with the game, let me know if you guys can see that. Uh, yep. yep. Excellent. Um, it does get rid of your names, so I will be trusting the two of you to play fair and to let me know who puts their hand up first. Um. Obviously, you can see the first one already, so I'm just going to let the two of you go. Basically, for the listeners, I'm going to be pulling up screenshots. Roscoe and Josh are going to take it in turns. Whoever goes first will try to guess which game it is based on the screenshot. If they get it correct, they get a point. If they don't, the other person has a free hit to try and get the point as well. Are we ready to play? I, can't, I, can't, I cannot see um, hands being raised. I cannot either. So we're going to go audio. Whoever screams at me first gets to go. <laughs> 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 I've heard Roscoe first. Uh, this is the almighty Shadow of the Hedgehog. It is Shadow of the Hedgehog. Well done. And then if one of you could also just keep track. Actually, no, I can do it in the chat, can't I? So I'll put Roscoe one. There we go. Boom. We got this. <laughs> Are we ready for our next wow, screenshot? You really, yeah. really thought this one through. I love it. I have. I've prepared for everything, dear Roscoe. Are we ready? Yes. Let's, let's go. Go. Josh screams. <laughs> hello, <laughs> hello, Josh screaming. <laughs> that is Final Fantasy VII Remake. 
It is indeed. So Josh won. Boom. Um, I have a question. Yes. Why do you have Piers Morgan's Twitter open in your? I do. I stop. Oh, I don't actually know. I was probably reading something stupid. Um, if you go to the right, actually... it's up there. Oh, is it up here? I can't yeah. see it because I've got the Zoom bar over. I don't know. Also, I was probably you, reading uh, something you... stupid he said. Spurs beat West Ham in a seven-goal thriller. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I like football, guys. Come on. <laughs> Can you please close all the porn as well that you've got open? That's really No, cool. that has to stay that has to stay open for all of you to oh, the HR nightmare. <laughs> yeah, well, this is awful. Yeah, you weren't supposed to see all of the, the different tabs, but you know, I thought oh, I'd what are they doing? Oh what my are God. they not doing? <laughs> Tentacles everywhere. <laughs> this was an if error you full of screen, If you full screen this window, then you can hide all that stuff. I could, I but I think can. it's more entertaining this way. Um, okay. I also, I'm struggling to because the fucking thing. There we go. If I move that across, is that better? <laughs> yeah. There oh, you no, go. All the porn's gone now. No oh. more porn for you two anymore. See, you've Ooh. ruined it for yourselves. See, you could just well, shut Well, Eric is still on screen, so <laughs> arguably there's still some. Smart. Eric is going to town on a house. Smart. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'll be ready for our next one. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Josh ah! Oh my god, that was pretty much in sync, but I heard Josh slightly ah! before. Oh fuck off. That's uh, no. come on. I'm sorry, I heard Josh slightly before. Listen as Metal Gear is, Solid. As he furious it is. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> okay, ready for the next one. Yep. Go. Ah! Oh, I heard Ross first that time. I what? Your voice really? Voice as I did. God. There, there is some audio lag there. <laughs> There's some audio lag here. This is awful. <laughs> Listen, I'm going on who I hear first. It's just how it is, right? I'm this is Miles' chaotic quiz. Like, it is. To a I'm bringing it all to action once again. you got to be really pedantic with this one. You do. It has to be the specific one. Is it, Harvest it, Moon? Is, it is not Harvest Moon. Hmm. Joshua? Oh, it is. It is Pokemon Red or Blue. Oh, fucking hell. It is neither. Or red and Blue. Oh! <laughs> Which means what? we'll go back to Roscoe. If you'd like to have another guess, we just take it in turns to one of you gets it or you both give up. Uh, is it Pokemon Yellow? It is Pokemon Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> the hell i do not remember it being so colorless i know i know when i tried to pikachu's normally yellow as well yeah i was and um pikachu's not there behind you you cheeky devil cheeky devil eh <laughs> that is a screenshot from a very early part of the game because pikachu is not following your character i know i know I had I had to recount. Up, i've looked up the press <laughs> kit for this and i was like what the fuck i don't remember it looking like this but apparently it is according to the press kit so here we are um, so what well bar, bar humbug indeed, but it's my quiz, so it's got to be chaotic. So, are we ready for the next one? Yeah, go. Yeah, that's a Roscoe. That's oh, fire watch. Is, that is Firewatch indeed, sir. Well done. Beautiful game, wonderful, wonderful game. It's, even there, it looks gorgeous, doesn't it? Just on that one screenshot. Oh, it's stunning. It's stunning, is what it is. Beautiful. Ready for the next one? Yes. Let's go. 
fuck? Guys. Oh, uh, Josh Scream. <laughs> Hello, Josh Scream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to fuck me with this one. Uh, it is... I, th- I believe it is Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor. It is Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor. Well done, sir. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to be like, no, it's Shadow of War. And I was like, <laughs> you bastard. You have no idea how tempted I was to put, like, Shadow of War in there and then just be like, no. Uh, no, I did not. I thought I would be kind with it. Are we ready for the next one? Yes. Yeah. Ah! Cross screen. <laughs> I had Roscoe first on that one. Uh, that's uh, Super Mario Odyssey. It is Super Mario Odyssey. Well done. It's time to jump up in the air. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I just saw a dinosaur and I was like, fuck it. We're doing it. <laughs> Exoprimal. That's a great It's a great part of the game. I mean, it looks it, to be fair. It's probably the only part of a Mario game I would probably enjoy. Um, and we're not going to lose control of a giant T-Rex and just Rex house. It's a lot of <laughs> His eye <laughs> freaks me out a little bit. Rex house. Nice. Um, uh, are we ready for number eight? Yeah. Yeah. Go. Ah! Josh Scream? Roscoe. Starfield. It is Starfield. Well done. This is, this is getting out of hand. This uh... <laughs> Who you're hearing first sounds selective, man. No, that one was definitely Roscoe. That was without doubt. At least according to my audio, anyway. I don't know what's going on with your guys' audio. It's definitely not me. (laughs) I remember that place. Scary times. Ross has paid off Stoke County Council to get good Wi-Fi linkage. Yes, yeah, he's like boosted it. All to Somerset for him. Uh, Ready for number nine? Go. Ah! Oh, Roscoe. That's Hellblade, then he was sacrificed. It is. Yeah. Damn, boy. And for the final one. Josh Green. Ah. Oh, Josh, you were first on that one. PUBG. It wasn't, but all right. It was indeed PUBG. And yes, it was, Roscoe. Don't be bitter. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. Fine. So, Listeners at home, tell us who was screaming first. Was it me <laughs> or was it Ross? I will not hear it if it was Ross. Which means the first winner of the quiz in 2024 is Dear Roscoe, with six points to Josh's four. <laughs> Although I have to say, for the first six questions, you guys were tied neck and neck the entire time. You kept getting a point each. Yeah. It was good, because I played Chris in a game of FIFA before this, and I beat him twice. Oof. So I'm in there. So I'm on a roll. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You're just smashing yeah, through the wins today. Quite happy to receive the first win of the year. It's cool. <laughs> Just like you got all of them last year as well. Exactly. <laughs> that's how I uh that's how I noted it down. So Josh just won every quiz last year. Um but yeah, that's well done, Roscoe. I thought I would mix up the format. How do we find the screenshot questions? Are we enjoying those? Um again, for a for a podcast medium, which is primarily listened to um and not seen. Yeah, that was a really good idea. <laughs> Hey, like I said, I'll put the po- I'll put the pictures into the post, and then that way the viewers at home or listeners at home can uh, play along if they'd like to. I know this I- isn't a work okay. meeting, but potentially, I don't know if you've got PowerPoint, but the ability to maybe click to the next uh, image as instead of scroll might provide a bit more of a. Here's the image. 
Do you know? No, we're scrolling. I enjoy the scroll. It adds a little bit of flavor. Okay. <laughs> nice little bit of curtain call to the image. Literally, I get to control exactly how much it flies over or not. Um, <laughs> I just, I got to have a little bit of chaos, chaoticness added in, you know. There has to be like a sprinkling, yeah. a seasoning. Yeah. Like, like deciding who you heard first. Like, yeah. It's, it's- Wacky. Yeah, you chose a random, didn't you? Just chose yeah, a literally. I just t- flipped a coin every time and just called it a day. Mm. <laughs> I love how you're complaining, Roscoe, even though it benefited you. <laughs> there were at least two that I was first. I'm sorry. I agree. I, mean, I didn't get it. With myself. I, <laughs> I had to, I mean, all, I had to scream I before I saw the screenshot. Oh, fair enough. I, well, and then just like hopefully, like cheating. hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, get the right answer. I was going to say it would have been really awkward if you got a game that you had no idea what it was. <laughs> yeah, although the Pokemon one, I think, helped a lot. Yeah, the Pokemon one was that was a tough one. To be fair, that was the toughest one in there. Well, thank you very much. Um, if you do want to play along, go to thinkguns.net, open the for this podcast. <laughs> Scroll down, find the pictures, and don't look at any of them until you see the first one, and then the second one, and the third one, and so on. Really simple stuff. Yeah, it'll be fun. Oh, boy. <laughs> don't worry, we've got like another 10 weeks of this before I'll move on to a different format. Fantastic. Just because I love you all, all right, that much. Thank you very much, Miles. You're welcome. All right, let's get into the news. And last week saw the Xbox Developer Direct, where we saw announcements of a few games coming to Xbox either this year or next year. I say this year. We'll see. I don't think anything left to come this year. But we got to pretend that they are. Otherwise, Xbox fans will get really bad. Okay, so let's just pretend they're all coming this year. So uh, we had a look at Avowed, Aura, History Untold, Visions of Mana from Square Enix, Senua Saga, Hellblade 2, and Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. So, I'm going to ask Mars and Josh, hey, what did you think of the developer direct? Did you like anything? Did you see anything you want to play? You know how it goes. So, Miles, did you like the developer direct? Did you see it? Did you see anything that you want to play? Nah. Cool. Right, <laughs> Josh. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, I want to play Hellblade. There you go. That's it. Uh, no. Um, I thought the Direct was decent. I didn't think it was a complete home run, but I think it was a step in the right direction for Microsoft. It was kind of the win they needed. Um, I think Indiana Jones looks, um, it looks decent. I don't know how amazing it's going to be, but I think there are some good signs that it's going to be at least a good game. Um, and weirdly, I thought Troy Baker really nailed the Harrison Ford sound like at points i was like huh it actually sounds just like him um avowed i don't know if i might be in the minority with this it didn't actually impress me i feel like its previous showing was better than this showing um there's something about like the way the enemies were just kind of standing there and doing nothing that gave me a lot of skyrim vibes and i was a bit like skyrim came out like 12 years ago can we kind of move past that kind of combat now um but I'm not completely set that it's going to be terrible. I just think I need to, I'm a bit more cautious towards it. Um, And I'm a bit gutted about that because I really like Obsidian and I want this game to be really good. Um, So I'm hoping it's going to be better than it looks. 
And then obviously Hellblade 2 was showed off and I can't wait to play this goddamn game. So it looks wonderful and it's exactly the kind of game that Microsoft need. It's a narrative-driven, um, story-focused one with solid gameplay, amazing graphics and wonderful performances. Um, it's the kind of game that Sony's been churning out for years. And I think if Microsoft can get a winner with Hellblade 2 and show that they can do it as well, I think that'll be a step in the right direction for them. So of all of them, Hellblade 2 is the standout for me. Um, but I think Avowed and Indiana Jones looked good or okay. Um, but I'm a bit more cautiously optimistic with those. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I felt like Microsoft have shown something. And it's nice to have a couple of games coming out this year that look like they're going to be decent games. <laughs> so yeah, step in the right direction <laughs> for them. What about Ara, History Untold? Could not care less. Could not care less. <laughs> wow. I actually don't even know why. It should be right up my street, shouldn't it? Like, it should be a proper nerdy, be. I'm all over that shit. But no, I, I don't know what it was. It just didn't really sell me on it. I don't know why. Hmm. Well, there you go. So, we'll see. There you go. There you go. I, I uh, mean, I also said this about Exoprimal, so, you know. I love how that is the base now for all of your games going forward. It, it's the baseline of any scepticism I ever have. <laughs> <laughs> it looks shit, but oh, yeah, yeah, extra primal was good. So, you know, who knows? That's it. I can't be like, I can't put any game down straight away anymore. I'm not allowed to after Exo Primal. Mm. Uh, Josh, what did you make of the developer direct? Yeah, kind of similar to Miles. Um, definitely a step in the right direction. Um, I think the idea of hitting a, hitting a home run is definitely um, subjective in terms of the selection of games. If you if you love what's to offer, I think you've had more than uh, not your money's worth because you're not paying anything. But do you know what I mean? Like you've had your fill with with what what's to come um obviously like you said they're all planned to come out this year um fingers crossed that is still the case and that also means uh silk song <laughs> is still not <laughs> potentially this year because <laughs> you know if they had more confidence with the 2024 release I, you definitely would have seen it there because that's one of the biggest ones that xbox are kind of touting around that's that's uh their sort of game um but yeah, I think um, me and Miles were talking about Indiana Jones, and I said to him how I it felt a bit like um, how med the Medal of Honor games used to feel, like they were an FPS, but they weren't just like an objective to shoot things. They were an objective of like something adventure based or objective based, and uh, I can imagine some of the set pieces for the game actually being quite crazy. I don't know if I'm completely sold on the idea of it being first person. Um, I think it doesn't lend itself to as cinematic options, but machine games with Wolfenstein have definitely defied what I've just said by having some of the most crazy set pieces uh, from the first person perspective um, and arguably some of the best FPS moments in games with just the two recent Wolfensteins not going to include young blood unfortunately um but yeah i think that's i think indie is the big highlight for me i think that's more because it it uh 
applies to my my personal tastes. I also am also currently eating my hat over Hellblade because we I said a couple of weeks ago or last week about Hellblade maybe overextending its reach on what it <laughs> what it could be. <laughs> And I'm completely wrong, I think. It actually is going to be just as long as the first one. It's also going to be just as contained, but maybe with a bit more of a scope in terms of its themes and and uh, setting being in, um, I believe it's, is it Finland, right, with the Vikings? Um, I'm not too sure what the country is. I think it, I think it might be Finland. Um, so, yeah. Iceland, I, Iceland, yeah, there you go. That's uh, that's a bit of history that you know I didn't know about, um, but <clears throat> yeah, so it looks cool. I I just think the time it's taken for us to see a game of the scope that the first one was is a little bit like um, I don't know. Like I feel like you either took this time to be really ambitious or it's going to be like a visual feast unnecessarily so to the point where you can see every every follicle of the main character um but yeah those were the two big highlights the rest of them you know like Arya isn't isn't my game whatsoever I'm not in that genre um however I think Arya's explanation and having the devs on board with every every game that came out so we saw we we had devs from each game talk about it um and go at length into some of the details of making it and stuff like that um i think i i absolutely love that aspect of showcases i think double fine and i am eight bit with the day of devs um streams they always have their devs front and center before they introduce their game and kind of talk about its its um origins or its uh, its journey into development and I just love that side of stuff. It really does make a difference in terms of how you kind of um, look at the game as um, a creative product as opposed to like just thinking, oh, it's not my type of game, whatever. Like you get to have a little bit more, a peek behind the curtain and a bit more empathy mm -hmm. towards kind of how they go to make the games and the decisions that go through Um so yeah, above all else, I just absolutely love the format of making the devs talk about the games and just getting me more excited for things that maybe I'm not completely on board with from the jump. But um, what about you, Roscoe? Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, like you said, I enjoyed the the in depth kind of chat with the developers. I think as a as a show, I thought it was very good. Uh, it was well put together, it was well constructed, it didn't go over too long it was um nice and kind of breezy um despite having a nice amount of detail in terms of the games um just i don't know i think avowed looks interesting i think that's probably the one big takeaway um i've been kind of had my eye on it for a while and like mars i'm a big fan of obsidian um of course um i love the art of worlds and so i'm always excited to see what they do um avowed looks you know it kind of has that Outer Worlds vibe to it in terms of the narrative, um, sort of dialogue options. I think that's going to be very in-depth. But I don't know, everything else just didn't jump out at me. Um, like I'm with Josh on Ara. I don't think that's not my... It's not my world. I'm sure it will appeal to a massive amount of people that's going to Game Pass on PC on day one, which is a, which is fantastic for, for PC players. Um, I didn't really understand the big furrow around... Binders of Mana. I know, you know, Square Enix and Xbox didn't have a great relationship, so to see 
Square Enix games on Xbox is always very exciting. It always will be for uh, for fans. Um, Hellblade, you know, I can give or take Hellblade. It's uh, it's not a it's not a game I'm hugely excited for, but I know people are excited for it. And the fact that it now has a dead on nailed on date is really exciting. And it's not too far away either, really. It's um, what only a few months away, so that's good. Yeah, from a visual standpoint, from a te- from a technological standpoint, it does look astonishing. And I might boot it up just to see how it looks on my telly, um, to see if my Series S can uh, have it running <laughs> before it blows up. Um, and indie, I don't know about indie yet. I'm not sure. Um, it didn't rock my world. Um, I don't know if I was ever expecting it to. Maybe because I've spent the last sort of like few years of my life playing through Uncharted, and kind of it does what it does in such a way, you know, it's kind of full circle that, you know, that kind of genre is running out with a Indiana Jones game, as it probably always should have. But uh, I'm not sure yet. Um, there wasn't enough gameplay. Certainly wasn't enough gameplay for me to think that it's coming out this year. Um, there was a lot of concept art, a whole lot of concept art. And, you know, any time that they referred back to the game during the conversations, it was only footage that we saw in the trailer. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to hit this year, but I hope it will, you know, for the sake of Xbox games all around the world. There's still so much from Xbox that we don't know us that we don't know. Um, the initiative, you know, what are they doing with Perfect Dark? What's going on with Gears of War? What are Rare doing with Everwild? You know, um, there's just still so many questions. And whether or not these are all 2025 things, whether or not that rumored Gears of War collection is going to come this year, who knows? But there was I feel like there was a lot missing. Um, and until Xbox sort of do a proper showcase, I think we're probably not going to see any of them. But yeah, this was an interesting. It was an interesting choice of games. It was like, right, they go to all the developers and go, right, which games can we have a look at now? Can you throw a trailer together for this thing? And they found five games that they could do that with, and that's, you know, there's not many. It's not many, uh, which is disappointing, but. Again, this was to focus on the developers. Um, it was interesting to hear from them. It was exciting to see how the, how excited they are about their products. And of course they are um, that kind of vibe. I'm always down with that. I'm always down for kind of developers being excited about their product, regardless of what I may think of it. So, you know, I'm glad that there are now a seemingly list of games that are coming out for Xbox this year. Um, that's exciting. Um, as an Xbox owner myself, you know, I am always looking forward to to booting it up and playing something new on Game Pass. And so, you know, I've got all five of these games to look forward to. And that's, you know, that's something that is that is, that is exciting. And um, that's, you know, worth its weight in gold in terms of Xbox where they are now because 2023 was, again, you know, just another quiet year for them. Yeah, they released Forza, but it didn't it didn't set the world alight um in the same way you know and starfield starfield probably didn't set the world like either really it did very well but it kind of it kind of died somewhat quickly so to have a, at least a base of five games that they can say hey these are coming out this year hopefully and that's good and i think the direct was a good time it's a good time of the year to do it because you know they can say oh this is coming out in 2024 they've got the rest of the year to work on it so um, you know, that's uh that was smart. And I hope I hope Indy comes out, I hope Hellblade comes out, I hope Ara and Avowed and Visions of Mana. I hope they all come out this year. Uh but my thinking is one of them may get pushed and it probably will be Avowed or Indy. 
Uh, but we shall uh, we shall see. None of them, neither of them have got actual dates yet, except of course for Hellblade. So, um, yeah, it was a good show, but I just I need more from Xbox at this point. Um, they're still they're so quiet about a lot of things, and so I'm just looking forward to seeing what comes next from them in a bigger showcase. Yeah, I think um, what we saw at Xbox is still a bit more than what we get in Sony first party that we know of as of right now. Mm -hmm. So this could be Xbox's year, potentially, um, because Sony haven't got so much going out this year. Uh, Obviously, we've got like Rise of the Ronin and Final Fantasy Rebirth, which is like a timed exclusive, but nothing from like Naughty Dog or Sucker Punch or anyone like that um or housemark or anyone so yeah this could be a good year for xbox if they kind of put out their games if phil spencer remembers to actually finish these games and <laughs> get these games on a disc then we should be all right uh so yeah f- fingers crossed fingers crossed I'm, i wish nothing but the best because every day is christmas eve all of these games could be fantastic and uh you know in a few months time we could be eating our words but uh yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do, at least. And uh, the th- those that are throughout this year have been added to our Metacritic 2024 predictions. So do jump in and get your uh, predictions in. As um, I think, uh, yeah, oh God, Tom's already in there. Tom's already in there, Sean's in there. 55 for our history untold from Sean Davies. Wow. Mm. I guess because it's a bit of a a sieve competition that maybe it, it might not cut the mustard in his mind. But um like like when we were talking about that the devs were what they were saying about the game, it sounds interesting. Like for the people that are really into that grand strategy stuff, like the idea of not having to wait for your um competitors to take turns and it's like a almost like a natural flow of uh, movement in terms of people not taking turns, they're kind of just doing their stuff. It sounds like it could be quite interesting for for the genre. But mm. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Um, Alright then, let's move on to our second news story, which is all about Power World. Now, Power World, a week ago, a good portion of the world had never heard of Power World. We didn't mention it on the podcast that it was coming out this week. Uh, nobody really said anything about Power World. Today, in the game industry, Power World has now sold 6 million copies across Xbox and Steam. Had 2 million players in 24 hours, which is the highest concurrent number on Steam since the PUBG days. Um, it's now surpassed Counter-Strike's concurrent player record on Steam. And it's about to take over the world. However, it, of course, finds itself in complete controversy because it looks an awful lot like a certain Nintendo series. Um, people are claiming there's plagiarism going on. Uh, people are saying there's use of AI because there's any concept art that they can release. It's just, uh, it's a bit of a uh, bit of a shit show. Um, I've been playing Power World. I played it over the weekend. Um, I got a couple hours in. Caught myself a lot of pals in a pal sphere, okay? Got a Pokeball. It's a pal sphere. They're two completely different things. And um, I built a base. 
a bit of fire. I ran around for a bit. Um, I had a couple of my pals following me, uh, battling other pals, and then keeping them from for my own. I took on some human enemies and I turned them into pals. That was weird. And overall, had a relatively nice time until I went on the internet and found out that this entire thing is basically a, possibly a a huge ripoff and has been built with um, generative AI tools. Um, I'm going to read from VGC, um, who put up an interesting one about this. Uh, they say, Steam's newest hit survival game, Power World, has been accused of plagiarizing designs from, from Pokemon. As social media users negatively highlight its greatest historical association with generative AI tools. Power World by Japanese studio Pocket Pair released into early access on PC and Xbox on Friday and immediately became Braille's success, with its creator claiming 2 million sales in 24 hours. Uh, this is was an article from um, the 20th of January, so three days ago. Um, of course, the sales now since then have been enormous. And they did put an update in saying Powell's director has responded to allegations of plagiarism as accusations mount that the game could have copied Pokemon designs. The game's director and CEO of Pocket Pair, Takura Mizobi, posted a response to the accusations. While he did not deny any influence from Pokemon, he claimed the game's artists that received online abuse and called for it to stop. However, the accusations against Power World took another turn on Sunday when an anonymous Twitter account occur appeared claiming to show evidence of not just these design inspirations, but plagiarism of actual game assets. Well, uh, gentlemen, Josh, what do we make of um, suddenly the biggest news story in gaming, seemingly out of nowhere, uh, taking on the might of uh, Pokemon? Do you see do Nintendo have any case at all, do you think? Um, I mean, I speak as someone that has like no um, no knowledge in criminology and the court system and anything like that. Um, and what you can prove and how you can prove it. Uh, but there is just debate upon debate on the just the basis of how they the models look and how closely they do look to uh pokemon um to the point where you, there is almost like a ripping off it's not even to the point of parody like, like it's actual um like dimensionally accurate representations of what pokemon were so <clears throat> to prove that they used it and not created it themselves and kind of just put a gun in the power the what are they called just pals get the putting a gun into a pal's hand yep, and calling much. it a day um yeah it's really interesting because i i remember it being at a showcase that we were all watching at the same time it might have been a game awards or something like that and we were like that's really weird but really interesting we'll see how that develops um but we didn't. I don't think any of us expected it to be like this. Um, I I've, I know some people that have played it and they're talking about it and lapping it up and thinking it's like one of the most one of the best games they've ever played. And I just ask them, I'm like, what? But what's what is it doing that other games haven't done? And in a way, um, not ripping off uh other series and he's and they're like well you know you can um you can get 
people and you can get pals and you can just make them do work and you don't have to pay them you don't have to feed them i'm like okay well that's slavery <laughs> and then that kind of crosses an ethical boundary of like <laughs> the representation of that in a video game like no matter what your opinion is of like how you should portray it i do not think it should be a thing that you can just do in a game with no consequence or anything like that uh and it's just crazy kind of the the sort of it's got this like weird edgy parody thing attached to it that people are absolutely loving and i, I just it just it just doesn't sit right with me not even from a from like uh they're stealing from nintendo aspect just in a like what what kind of game did you want to make and why do you think it's all right <laughs> i don't know um but yeah i mean people are obviously loving it because they're playing the living shit out of it um but um yeah i maybe i because you've played it i would pass the question off to you not about <laughs> what you can do in the game but what what did you find about the game that was kind of like I don't know. Was it was it different to other games that you've played in the survival genre? Because um, whilst you can collect these pals in pal spheres and train them and use them as weapons, it is a survival game. You craft, you yeah. build. You know, you build houses. You eat. You have all those systems, kind of like your arcs and stuff. Like what? What kind of did you have fun? And what was the sort of aspects of the game that you enjoyed? If you did. The thing is, I did have fun. Mm. I didn't dislike it at all. I thought it's early access. It's you know, it is a little bit dodgy. It's rough around the edges, but I thought the design of the actual powers were very good, and I liked that they they kind of had a personality. That's something I didn't really recognize, you know, in Pokemon. I mean, I was, I I always say it, but I was like three, four years too old for Pokemon. I missed it completely. Um, mm. I I never you know played the games. I never collected the cards. It was just something that people like that were like two years younger than me started doing, and so I've never really done this kind of thing before. And so um, to play Power World, I mean, it was a there is it's it's I mean it's clear as day what they're trying to aim for. But I think the survivalness of it, everything from that side of the game, makes it more unique than something like Pokemon. Because it isn't, you know, chasing around, you know, pals to collect them and to train them isn't just the point of the game. The point of the game is to essentially build build an army um, and then get them on turrets. Essentially, just sort of like save yeah. the kingdom. And so, from that perspective, you know, there is that there is that different, you know, that, that there is that difference. But it takes a long time to get there. I mean, I. I played for a couple of hours and I've just built a house. You know, there's it is a long, long sort of a long play in terms of getting to that point where it doesn't feel like Pokemon anymore. Yeah. Um, because it does have that from the very beginning. You know, it's that's the whole point. You know, you build a, you build a, what would I call it? like a, a um a repair shack and somewhere you can build weapons, somewhere you can build things to take down trees. Um, to get wood, to build other things, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, and that that survival aspect of it is a massive part of the game, probably the biggest part of the game. Mm. Um, 
you know, the gate the you can't you gotta get your base to level seven before you can really go out and start exploring. And that takes a long bloody time. Um I played it for what two or three hours and I got it to level three. You know, so there is a lot of gaming to do before you can really go out in the world and start collecting your your pals, even though the game encourages you to do it encourages you to do it quickly, but also encourages to keep your base because you get cold at night. So you gotta build a fire, you gotta get a bed. And you've got to do all these things whilst, you know, the pals are surrounding you. Um, they're all terrified of you, so they run away. So you've got to chase them down. You got to, I beat one with a bat so severely it died, which was really horrible. <laughs> and I didn't mean I didn't mean to do it, uh, but it just happened. Um, it died and then it fell off the side of a mountain. That was really harsh. Um, and so, you know, I think there's enough mechanics in there to differentiate it, but there's no denying what it's meant to be or what it's trying to be and you can you can look at it from any different angle you want but it's it is a maybe it's an evolution of the pokemon idea you know maybe it's something like that it's it goes back to i was talking to you know talking to people on, online about it and it was like it goes back to the idea of smash brothers and say nickelodeon all-star brawl you know is that a ripoff of smash or is it just a new genre of fighting game and that's just, it's just a game in that genre now, like the smash, quote unquote, smash genre, um, in the same way that Brawlhalla is, or etc. And you know, and so, you know, Pokemon does one thing, and what it does, it does very well. Of course, it does it very well. It's been doing it for nigh on thirty years now, and and shows sort of no sign of slowing down. But then it's like, is it, is it ripping it off, or is it just doing something else in that genre? which, you know, yeah, obviously takes its seed and takes all of its inspiration from Pokemon, Digimon, Dragon Quest, all those kind of things. But does it in a way that differentiates it from the fact because there's this entire survival game on the other side of it. And you need to, the balance between the two is a bit off. You know, there is, there is there's more base building than there is power collecting. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so... From that perspective, it doesn't feel like a Pokemon game. It just feels like that's something else that you have to do whilst you're in the game. But I completely understand where people are coming from. It, it makes complete sense. But it's from my perspective, I don't think it feel. It doesn't feel like a Pokemon game to me. Um, it feels like something that has been inspired by it without any question. But whether or not it feels like Pokemon, I don't really. One, well, I don't really know because I've never played Pokemon to a massive degree. Um, or you know, I think it takes it's on Game Pass, and you know, if people want to try it, just go and try it. You know, go and try it and see for yourself and see what you think. Um, which is exactly what I did, and I'm coming out with this opinion. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think if I don't, I don't think it's Pokemon. You know, I think the base building and the survival side of it is such an important part of the game that it takes away the fact that you actually have to go out there and collect creatures. Um, because that isn't the sole focus of what you're doing. Yeah. And I, I guess as well, I think um, as the story develops and things like that, um, some creator made a, a Pokemon mod so you can be Ash Ketchum and there are actual Pokemon designs <laughs> in Power World. And he's now getting, like he's, he said in his words, Nintendo are after him. Um, 
So oh, if yeah. he can if he can say that now, but Pocket Pair are yet to make any statement re- with regards to Nintendo. Is there? Um, it could either it could go one or two ways, can't it? It could. It's either that it's cooking uh, behind the scenes that they're lawyering up and they're gonna take it to court, or Pokemon, uh, Nintendo and Pokemon have like thrown their hands up and be like, do you know what? Like, there's not, there's nothing we can do with this. This is like creative license. Like, uh, you know, they're, they're very close to the sun, but they're not there yet. So, what? Who's to say? what we could like we can't take we can't do anything about it like that clearly they've ripped us off people know that but they've not necessarily quote unquote stolen um but that's uh maybe a conversation to have in a week or so depending on what goes down yeah and if it can keep these player numbers up as well yeah um, exactly these these numbers are high because people are curious because it's in the news mm-hmm. you know and the fact that it's beating Counter Strike is insane, but you know it's not going to keep up those numbers as people sort of play and play, unless people are generally enjoying it. You know, I really don't know. Um, I've seen a lot of people on my on my Twitter feed there. They're muting the world power world. They're already sick of it. They already had enough of this game. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, then there's the whole AI side of it. I don't know a lot about that because I don't really know what areas of the game meant to be AI. Um, I, sh- I need to look into that a bit more, but um. There's yeah, this right now this thing is the biggest game on earth. And it's 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 not gonna slow down because Nintendo are getting arsy about it. I don't think they are though. I really don't think they are. And mm. I don't think they're gonna be Nintendo don't get bothered by much. It's only when you know YouTube has used copyrighted material. <laughs> Normally that's the only time they appear from sort of out of the woodwork, yeah. this sort of thing. Yeah, they're very litigious, but litigious to a point of like they'll do they'll they their action more than words like they'll they'll do what needs to be done legally and that is it they will not kind of cater to an audience of speaking out and stuff like that yeah so there may come a time in the next like you said the next few weeks when nintendo are ready to show their hands but you know i don't i don't think there's enough here but i could be wrong i could be completely wrong um miles Hello. The biggest game on earth right now. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about all this? I mean, I've been quite enjoying um, getting you both kind of chat about it because it's a very, like from my perspective, it just seemed like a real meme game. Um, and I've actually just been reading through the the Steam reviews of the game to see like, you can normally gauge how good a game actually is by what kind of reviews are being left for it. And... The first two that popped up were slave trading is amazing. And the second one is addictive, lots of fun, funner with friends, looking forward to the sex update. And I feel like that kind of tells you a lot about the kind of audience that this <laughs> game is kind of bringing in. Um, and I think um, with this, the AI stuff is quite interesting in terms of the team behind the game, the higher ups within it are very AI fans, basically. And I think their previous works or previous statements have been very driven towards we want to get as much AI usage as we can um, to build things. And I I would not be surprised if this game has used a lot of AI and a lot of other assets taken from other games. But then I think you might struggle to find a lot of games that don't do that. And it's a very fine line between using assets that are freely available 
and look like other assets compared to straight ripping and copying them. Um, and I think it's very hard to prove the latter, most part. Um, in a way, this game sounds like it should be something that I would enjoy. It's Pokemon with guns, and on the surface, that would seem like something that you know would kind of fit my mold of the kind of game that I would want to try. Um, but having checked out the stuff around it, I can't say I'm that interested in it. Um, but it feels like one of those games where it's going to have like a few weeks to a couple of months, like real like propulsion where everyone's going to be playing it and like having a real funny time shooting Pokemon effectively. Um, and then I imagine it's going to run out of steam and then people are just going to slowly stop talking about it and it's going to kind of be moved on from, but it will keep like a, a relatively big player base of people who will just be sticking with it because it's funny. Um, and I can't obviously speak to the mechanics of it because I've not played it myself or not myself, but um, it just strikes me as the kind of game that is good enough as a game and then its kind of idea and its concept is what's really like bringing in the numbers and getting attention. Um, and I think the AI controversy in a way is actually serving it really well because I think people are checking it out almost as a, a middle finger to the people who are complaining about AI. Um, it's kind of the idea of no publicity is bad publicity kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to be really intrigued to see how this keeps going, because at the moment it's smashing records and everybody seems to be having a fun time mocking the fact that this game exists and how it's flying in the face of logical norms. Um, and I think, like you both said, I don't think Nintendo give a shit. I genuinely don't think they could care less. I think they know full well that Pokemon is so big, it's irrelevant to it. Um, and sometimes you've just got to go with the fact that people are just having fun with stuff. Um, but obviously putting Pokemon in the game is not okay, as that mod I found out. So yeah, I feel like it's a fun thing and it's a bit of a troll game. I can't see it lasting forever. Um, but I think the developers are probably having a great time reaping in all this money on all the controversy and everything else. Um, and I think we'll be having this conversation about AI quite a lot this year. So I'm looking forward to having similar conversations about multiple, multiple games. Hooray! Hooray! It's going to be like Activision Blizzard um, takeover all over again. Great. Because, you know, we really enjoyed that story the 600 times we covered it. <laughs> mm. Do you think, I mean, I could be, yeah, I could be way out of line here because Nintendo, just Nintendo and do whatever the hell they want to do. Um, and we just go along with it. But I'm, I'm, I'm around thinking that the last few Pokemon games haven't really been up to snuff. So, like, I think from my understanding, I think, is it Arceus, I think, was the one that Cat bought and really enjoyed. And I think that one generally did quite well. I think the couple before that hadn't done particularly well or hadn't reviewed particularly well from my remembering. And I know that there was beginning to become a lot of disgruntlement at the team that were handling the Pokemon games that it just wasn't reaching the standards that would be expected of that series. Um, and there seemed to be, right? yes. Yeah. And there seemed to be a bit of a, a consensus of like, they've run out of ideas and they don't know how to reinvent the series without just it, without it being kind of poor mechanically. Um, and I think in a way, maybe this is a bit of a reaction to that of like, look, we can make a creative Pokemon game. That's not Pokemon. You can have guns and things and everyone's going to have fun. Um, but yeah, I think I think Arceus has managed to recover some of the the bad press. But I think the couple of games before that had started to um, 
great on the community in particular, from what I remember anyway. There was Sword and Shield, wasn't there, that didn't do massively well? Yes, and I think, was it Sword and Shield as well, where there was a big thing about like Pokemon being behind paywalls and content being gated off and all sorts of like, it started to become very like money grubby, um, where it felt like the people buying the games, like they were just hiding content behind paywalls just to keep nickel and diming people. Um, and I wonder if Nintendo maybe stepped in at one point and were like, listen, this is a flagship series. Can you stop doing this <laughs> um, and get your shit together? Um, so yeah, there are suspect- also There are also 1,000 Pokemon. So yes, my God! If you design, if you if if you design a monster creature, there's a chance it's probably going to look like one of the Pokemon. And right? the thing is, like Pokemon, are obviously inspired themselves by other creatures and other things and whatever. Like you're always building on inspiration from something in some way. So, like, I very few of the Pokemon are wholly original in terms of what they look like or how they're designed or whatever. Um, hmm. So it, it is a tough thing. And like you said, if you design almost any monster now, it will infringe on a monster that already exists in some form, you know, in the medium. Um, it's very hard to create anything completely original now because we just have so much content. Like, you just can't get away from the fact there's so much of it now. There's an interesting comment in the VGC article that says, maybe if they hadn't let Pokemon games become so low quality, people wouldn't be so happy to embrace a ripoff that does it better. Yeah. I mean, it's a fair point, and... isn't it? But then it's I think like... To an, to an extent as well, who who are these games for? Pokemon, I mean. Uh, I, I think most people are kind of aging out at a, to a point of like, maybe the games aren't for you anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can have your nostalgia and you can love this, the franchise... But like to a point, are, are you not? Do you not remember when you were a kid that maybe they just weren't? Do you know what I mean? They're not as good as you thought they were, and maybe they develop with kids in mind more first and foremost because they're the ones who are going to be getting the their copies sold. You know, mum and dad, I want both of them because they both have different Pokemon's. Because historically, obviously, they release two versions of the same game with different Pokemon legendary pokemon attached to the and and i don't know i think um there's a bit of both like maybe they're running out of ideas a little bit and they're struggling to kind of revitalize the franchise with new in new ways um but at the same time like how many times can you have this sort of um like structure of a game and not get tired for as a consumer as and as a series yeah Yeah, i mean it's been around forever now isn't it like we Mm. were kids when it you know first came out and we've known it since basically since we were born like there's so much you can do with an idea before you have to start doing things differently and game freak have tried that it hasn't always been successful and like you said roscoe you know that comment's pretty spot on if other people have better ideas and can do it then they're going to start becoming competitions. Same with the Souls likes. You know, they've had to reinvent themselves dozens or well, half a dozen times now to stay on point because Relevant. there's loads of other Souls likes. Um, yeah. And it's a compliment in a way because it's its own genre and it's been so successful. People want to naturally imitate it, but you've also got to stay ahead of it. You can't just rest on the idea of, well, we're Pokemon, so we'll always be bigger. 
you've got to keep yeah. justifying why you are the top dog. And by that logic, I mean, it's like, is Monster Hunter a Pokemon ripoff? I mean, yeah. <laughs> and like, the Palicos are very similar. I guess, obviously, you know, it's slightly different in terms of design. But again, you're even getting into the thing of like, is every first person shooter a ripoff of the original Doom and Wolfenstein and before those, you know? Mm. You can take that argument as far back as you want to. Um, and if they've not ripped assets directly from Pokemon, then it isn't copyrighted. Um, you know, as long as they've put like, a creative just, spin on it. Yeah, and it's just doing enough differently, I think, that there isn't really much else for it to do. It's like, well, the, we've got so much else in this game. It isn't just about mm -hmm. that. You know, the, the, the controversy is coming from, you know, they could have gone to oh any AI machine and gone, Pokemon characters that look like Pokemon characters, but aren't Pokemon characters. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, created whatever, and then that's fine. But, you know, even Ubisoft, look at Foam Stars, for God's sake. Yeah. Foam Stars is unbelievable how that thing still exists. <laughs> and, yeah, but it's not pain. It's foam, so it's different. And yeah. it's like, what? And it's the same argument, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think yeah. I think a lot of it is to to some people to maybe like the creatives out there that see this game as potentially a cr like almost criminally low effort in terms of what they've done. They've slapped on like buzz genres together yeah, and they've created some and created something that's like sold exponentially for kind of doing the bare minimum just being different enough um where there's there are smaller games out there that have tackled the genre not some of them not as success definitely not as successfully but whether or not they're good or not is like a, a different story i kind of things that come to mind are like temtem when that came out um and ooblets mm -hmm. and even more recently cassette beasts like these are, are pokemon genre games that entirely that are entirely different. I mean, you can't even like the monster designs and stuff like that. You can't even say that's a ripoff of Pokemon, but they are doing the genre in a way where it's like that is a Pokemon game essentially by genre. Um, so I think maybe some of that is like sort of we're kind of corrupt. We're kind of bankrupting sort of the idea of being able to have a lane for smaller studios to make a game as that does as well, even if they're putting more effort into it, I think. Well, originality is dead, ladies and gentlemen. Um... <laughs> AI is taking over. It can't make it. Have you guys seen the TikTok of the person trying to get the AI to make a Big Mac without pickles and lettuce? And it just will not do it. It just, it's like an ongoing series and it's ridiculous. I have seen but that. I... It's very funny. It... It's so funny. It's so unnecessary. It's like, take the pickles out, take the lettuce out. Great. Now just make me a Big Mac without them, and then it'll do it with them. And he's like, why? <laughs> well, so, well, even on the discussion of AI, that was it DPD that they had, they had like a chatbot system, like an AI chatbot system. And the person that was talking to them, the human that was talking to this AI, ended up getting a a song written in an apology because of how bad DPD were. And <laughs> <laughs> so and they just had to shut down the system because they were like, why, why can I AI like basically 
apologize for us <laughs> in a and in, in song form and basically calling us a bad company like you shouldn't be able to do that so yeah i think i hate to say that ai is inevitable but i there's i think we're a long way to to the point of where we should be implementing it into our things like at a scale of like like we've just mentioned yeah, it's still on the way though. I think this year is when we're going to be seeing it a lot more and uh, yeah. we'll be having these conversations more. I don't think it's, like you said, I don't think it's at the point where AI is good enough where it can do all of these things as effectively as you know mm. we're fearing. But given how rapidly it's going to develop, I don't think it's going to be too long down the line. Yeah. It'll be the word of the year. Yeah, I think Powerboard's going to be the word of the year, the way it's going. <laughs> Pokemon with guns, phrase of the year. I mean, Pokemon with guns, I mean, what's wrong with that? You know, everyone loves that. What a great idea. I don't know. I guess the idea yeah. that we don't, that in Pokemon, they don't kill each other. <laughs> they kind of just knock each other out. But nah, it's boring. Power word sounds like, <laughs> power word sounds like you can blow them to smithereens. And take, there needs and to be fatalities to make it good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's just there's that great image of the three uh, the, the three sheep looking pals, and they're all on mm. turrets, and it's like, what the hell is this game? And that's what that's what caught my interest was that that image yeah. was like, I need to check this out, and you know that's not going to happen in Pokemon. You're not going to see Pokemon oh. wielding turrets. Thank God, I don't want to see Pikachu die. I was say Pikachu just like whipping an RPG out and firing out a Blastoise. <laughs> It's only about our time, my friend. Nintendo gonna have to go. Oh damn! Power World was so successful. We need to make our own Power World. And out comes this eighty-rated Pokemon FPS. I'm ready. It'll be it'll be Postal Man. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> That'll get me a Switch Two on launch day. Yeah, bring it on, Nintendo. Come on. Um, all right, and I mean that was kind of it for news, really. Uh, Power World has really taken over everything this week. Um, sad news, of course, at Riot Games, there's been yet more layoffs, um, which has been sad. Um, the CEO said, "We had nothing we could do. We ran out of money." Et cetera, et cetera. But of course, you know, Riot bonuses—they got like ten million this year or something. So you know, like, this isn't to appease shareholders; it's necessary. No, it's not necessary. You just wanted more money. Um, that I think levels up to now. I think five thousand layoffs in the game industry just this year. Um, and it's the twenty third of January. Uh, so it's uh, it's kind of sad. It doesn't look like it's going to be stopping anytime soon after the kind of hell that it was at the end of last year. Um, it's going to be something that continues. There's um, um obviously keep them. There's a really interesting article on uh, gamesindustry.biz where uh, Chris Dark, uh, Chris Dring writes about uh, they spoke to leaders of the game industry and the kind of overall notion is to brace for up to two years of pain. So, yeah, I think the state of the industry at the moment, we're at like the point where the bubble has popped for the industry and it's it's going to be brutal for the next couple of years, apparently. Yeah, so we uh, wish everyone the best from Riot. Um, a great studio and uh, I hope you can get back on your feet soon and we'll look forward to what you build next uh, Death Stranding 2 may have a title um, 
It's called Death Stranding 2 on the beach. Why does that feel like a commercial for like a vacation holiday? It sounds like a dead it sounds like a dead or alive game. Yeah. <laughs> it really does actually. It sounds it like, sounds a, like a Barbie playset. It does. I don't I mean that's not been confirmed, but yikes. Hey, if you play the game very... you know exactly why it says it. Why it's yeah. called on well, the maybe. beach. Maybe, but it doesn't sound uh, very Kajimi. Oh, it's exactly the kind of thing he'd do, though. <laughs> He's just that kind of dude where you're just like, yeah, that that just checks for Kojima. Uh, a whole a whole Death Stranding two on the beach, uh, um, would be a very different game to the first one. Wait, you just walk on the beach for like sixty hours, and then Kojima's like, "Great, you did it. Well done." Here's an hour <laughs> cut scene of more walking. Without without spoiling it, the idea of the beach and the characters involved at the beach and this. <laughs> It's yeah, the significance there is just like it feels very like afterlifey. Yeah, it's the entire core mm. of the game, really, isn't it? So it would make sense. Mm. And it uh, makes Suicide sense about Troy Baker's character. Mm. Suicide Squad's free post-launch DLC will include the Joker as a playable character. Yay! Now the fact that this takes place in the Asylum world make, makes even less sense to me. Oh, they they said from the top that it's a multi-dimensional Joker. Oh, of course. Sorry. None of, none of this game makes sense to me. <laughs> um, oh. One of the Hogwarts Legacy became the best-selling game of the year last year. The most downloaded PlayStation game of 2023, beating COD and FIFA. So well done to you. Hogwarts Legacy, you bastard. You freaking legend, you. Where's that sequel? Give me that sequel. I only finished it last year. I want more. Give I me another more. one. I want another one now. I need the um, legacy of the legacy. New, uh, a new trailer for Princess Peach's Showtime came out today. Um, which is Miles' most anticipated game of the year. Oh yeah, I'm hyped. Super. Uh, showing showing off the transformations, which you can turn into a cowgirl, a ninja, and a detective. Oh, it's so exciting. And a pastel pink Joy-Con set will launch alongside Princess Peach's Showtime. Because of course it will. Because every game seems to have its own set of Joy-Cons. They look awesome. They do, to be honest. The pastel colored Joy-Cons are really nice, all of them. Um, but yeah, that's a lot, really. Uh, Witcher 4 could enter production this year. Exciting. Goddamn, can't believe that's finally entering production. I feel like it's been like announced for like two years already. Coming out in 2029.2.5. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> More like 2032. Yeah. Um, all right, then. Let's get to our recommendations just so we find something throughout the week that we want to share with you, our loyal listener, whether it be a, a game, a movie, a TV show, a comic book, a projector, or a guitar. I mean, who knows what it could be. Uh, Miles, why don't you start us off with your recommendation this week? Yeah, I've got something a little bit different this time. Um, I've discovered a musician called Is it Ford. all the porn you've been watching? Yes, yeah, so much of it. All of it. All the tabs. 600 of so them. So much porn! <laughs> it's like that Ted skit, isn't it? <laughs> Johnny, there's so much porn on here! <laughs> I've got a problem, man. I need help. <laughs> there are no chicks with dicks. Um, Sometimes uh, you want to see the tongue go the other way. Yeah, that's it. 
<laughs> that whole scene is just gold. It's amazing. Um, so the musician I've discovered is called Flawed Mayos, and he's a single solo. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like ambient music, so it's not like singing or anything like that. Um, but it's got a real um like ambient vibe to it. It's kind of like electric type music. I don't really know music well enough to be able to describe it. It's so chill. Like it's really awesomely chill music. And there's two in particular. One's called Swimming, and the other one is called Kill Switch Lullaby. Um, and they're just really beautiful, like pieces of music. And I thoroughly recommend going and checking him out because the actual stuff on those great. And I've been listening to it all week, just doing notes while I've been chilling out. Um, like the washing up and stuff. It's just been really nice to have something to like just sink into. Um, it's Zen music. It's easy to just get lost in it and be like meditative, which is not something I would ever normally say. Um, so yeah, it's very cool music. It reminded me a bit of Life is Strange, which is probably also why I loved it. Um, so it's semi game related. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to give it a shout out and say go listen to it and try. You won't regret it. Uh, who was that again? Flawed Mangoes. Great name. Lord Mangoes. Lord. Lord Mangoes. <laughs> Lord Mangoes. No, Flawed. Lord Mangoes. That's what I said the first time. Was. Yep. Keep up. That. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'll get that in. Uh, send me a Spotify. Uh, no, I'll put a Spotify link in the description. Wicked. And, I'll, uh, um, I'll send it through for you. You can go check it out. Sweet. Uh, Josh, what would be your recommendation this week? Well, due to our discussion at the top of the pod, I think I know what yours is going to be. And I won't talk about <laughs> it. I might I might hop on if I kind of, if you're, it's what not, you say spurs it's me. Not my, on. It's not my recommendation. Oh, is it not? Poor Things isn't? No, it's not, no. Oh. So go for it. Oh, well, there you go then. Watch Poor Things. Um it's Yogos <laughs> Lanthimos's uh, most recent film, uh, written and directed, um, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe. Um, and if you've watched his films before, like The Favourite or uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer or The Lobster, um, you will still be absolutely surprised and blown away by it because it's still something that he's never done before at all. I feel like it's the most fully realised Yorgos has ever been with his films in terms of the shots that he pulls off, the kind of cameras he used, the set design, and then just like the crazy um, acting that's all that's in it. Uh, so Emma Stone's character gets like a second chance at life. Um, and we kind of meet her at a point where she's had like a full reset um, mentally and it's just her kind of sifting through the world through that lens of like complete and utter ambivalence. Um, and it, I've, I've got so much to say on it on a theoretical level and kind of like a critical level that is, I can't, <laughs> I don't want to get into cause it's, uh, there's a lot to talk about, but I just absolutely love this film. This is, I mean, this is the first one I saw in the cinema this year and I feel like it's going to be hard to top it, um, honestly. Uh, there's just so much going on with it. It's so beautiful. The soundtrack is phenomenal. The acting, like I've said, is like just everyone on board. It, you know, if they're the smallest character that's got the, the most, the 
the tiniest screen time they're still like so amazing and rememberable um and yeah i just absolutely loved it so if you kind of like that off kilter black comedy um that yorgos is quite fond of doing um turned up to 11 with extra weird stuff um don't see this with parents if you're thinking of doing it um no uh (laughs) yeah um but yeah i just i absolutely love it i also i was if this wasn't what I was going to recommend, I was also going to re- recommend BlackBerry, which is the story about the fil- the phone BlackBerry, um, how that came to be, directed by and written by Matt, Matt Johnson. Uh, definitely check that out. That's got Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny in it, and he absolutely kills it, and it is so funny. Um, if you like, um, if you think of like the social network, but if it was punk, that's BlackBerry. So yeah, check out both of those. Sounds like we need a spoiler special. For which one? Oh my god! <laughs> For poor things. things. I'm just intrigued Jesus. just from the two talking about it. I just want to hear your guys' thoughts and like two hours worth of content. Oh, I would. I would genuinely. I would. Um, it's a lot. But... I'd have. To, I'd, 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 I'd have to see it again. I think. I'd have to. Um, I want to see it again. See it again. I, I. I saw that it was advertised for a 35 mil screening. And it was like the next day oh. after I saw it, I was like, "Oh, I would have, I would happily go see it again straight away." It's one of those films. Mm. Yeah, it's it's deliriously entertaining, but it's so you've got to be ready for what 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 comes. You know, you've got to be warned beforehand. I think yeah. because it, a lot of it a lot of sex, basically. So <laughs> yeah, and you know. She's got the brain of a child, so a lot of it's weird and icky. Um, some of it's hugely uncomfortable, but in a in a kind of weirdly entertaining way. It's very strange. It does everything it shouldn't do well. You know what I mean? It's like I don't like this, yeah. but I'm kind of intrigued by this. <laughs> this is fascinating. It it perfectly encapsulates how pathetic men can be. <laughs> oh, for sure. And I absolutely adored it for it. <laughs> it's like if I'm just Ken was a movie. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yeah, Poor Things is uh, astonishing. And I'm sure it's not too far away from digital release. So keep an eye out. I have Wonka's on digital release already, for Christ's sake. So, you know, these things can't be too far behind now. Uh, what was my recommendation? I've completely forgotten now. Oh, um, what if season two? I'm recommending a Marvel thing. I haven't done that for a while. Um, I had a great time with the second season. I think it's even better than the first. Um, I think they've really got to grips with what what if is and what it can be this year. Um, they've introduced brand new characters, which I really hope make the jump to live action in the next few years. Um, the focus on kind of having one character throughout each one, like Captain Carter was a really bold, brilliant choice. Hayley Atwell is fantastic as ever as a Captain Carter or Agent Carter. Um, there's a great episode. There's a great episode that released on Christmas Day of this year, um, which is called How Happy Hogan Saved Christmas. And it's just a straight up Die Hard ripoff. And it's just so funny. If, you know, if Die Hard happened at Avengers Tower, essentially. And it's so entertaining. It's so brilliant. And um, there's a wonderful new character called Kahori. 
she has a great story um set in the um indigenous land and um it, they come across a tesseract and gain powers and it's just a it's a fascinating tale um no old school characters are in it at all um it's a complete focus on these new characters and it was really really interesting again i hope that they make the jump to live action um so yeah, if you want to take some time out of your day and watch some really amazing animation, um, they've nailed it with the second season of uh, What If. I think that's, you know, it's up there with the best stuff Marvel are doing right now, I think. And um, yeah, highly recommended. Uh, available now on Disney+. Plus. Um, as is the creator. That came out of nowhere. Straight to streaming, didn't it? Man, I, need to, I do need to sit down and watch that. I was going to watch it the other night, but I didn't in the end. Um, so yeah, the creator is also on Disney+. Plus. And the Marvels, I think, is next month. I think it's early February. I think it's coming out on Disney+. Plus. So if you didn't go and see that, there it is. I've heard good things. So I'm looking forward to sitting down and watching that. Um, I'm not getting paid by Disney to say any of these things. I just really enjoyed What If. And, you know, it's got me excited about the future of Marvel, if they follow that kind of trajectory again and tell stories in the same way um, with kind of like similar beats and similar focuses on certain characters, then I think Marvel could probably probably get back on track because it's been a bit of a wobbly couple of years for marvel but um what if is a great indication of where they're going to go and i'm happy they're taking the year off uh to uh to kind of readjust and refocus after the writer's strike and um hopefully kick ass with some really great stuff coming in 2025 uh but what if is a great example of what's to come and uh, yeah can't wait for season three um, all right, then. Well, that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much to you for listening. Don't forget, if you want to follow us, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below to find us in all the places. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at FNGRGNS. All of our individual handles are in the description below, except for Mars, of course, who's smart and not on Twitter. If you really like what we do, you want to follow our Patreon for $1 a month, you can keep this podcast live on its various podcast hosting services and keep the website nice and shiny and of course if you are on spotify and or apple please do give this podcast a rating five stars if you liked it hey give it five stars if you didn't why not what does it matter to you it keeps us in the search engines and keeps us visible on the home pages so thank you very much indeed if you do uh give us a little rating how if you have done already it's hugely appreciated, so thank you very much indeed. Uh, but that's it. We'll be back again next week with, no doubt, more talk about Power World. And, of course, um, getting deep into the video game industry in a way that only we can. And I can't wait for another picture quiz on this audio podcast. Until then, it is goodbye from Miles Thompson. Farewell. It is goodbye from Josh Thompson. Bye, everyone. And it's goodbye from me. I've been Ross. Get well soon, Cap. Hopefully you'll see you next week. We'll see you on the Thinking Odds podcast very, very soon. Bye!